I can't remember an election when there has been such a yawning chasm between the two possible futures for this country. America first. America first. What we are against is the teaching of contested political ideas as if they are accepted facts. The British are too big to bully. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. This is the last stand on earth. The last stand on earth. Hello and welcome back to the Other View podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you're well. And we've got a lot of things to talk about today, which have been happening over the past couple of weeks. We haven't actually filmed together for about a month, so we have had a few new occurrences happen in the in the news and across in in the UK and across the world. So, I mean, the first thing that's been well, at least it's come out today, and it's been happening over the last couple weeks is the whole legal battle between the Australian government and uh, Novak Djokovic who is obviously trying to stay in Australia uh, despite being unvaccinated. Um, so, I mean, he can't get his visa because you have to be vaccinated to get your visa. Um, but he claims he has a medical exemption. I'm sure you all know the, the, whole, the whole spiel because it's been kind of going on quite publicly. Um, but it's obviously come out today that he will have to leave the country. He will be deported. Um, what does everybody think about about this and I suppose about Australia Australia's policy in general of no uh, you know you need to have your vaccine to get to get a visa it's just uh, Australia sort of making an example of him more than anything I feel like they they um, they, they, they look at him, they see him as uh, someone who, I think we briefly mentioned this before we started recording, as someone who leads uh, the anti-vax movement. There was a figurehead for the anti-vax movement and they're making an example out of him. They're trying to basically uh, scare everyone else um, yeah. as, they, as they have done throughout the pandemic, really. Um, <laughs> they scare their own citizens into compliance. I know they're doing it with foreign nationals as well. Yeah, I think... Um... I saw something on Instagram. I'm just trying to get it up. I saw something. Oh, yeah, I think it was by Brendan O'Neill, who is very good on Instagram. If you guys don't already follow him, he's at Burnt Oak Boy. Little shout out there. Um, But he was saying how Djokovic isn't actually, you know, being... um, deported for his for medical reasons but instead because because you know they don't want the anti-vaccine sentiment to grow in Australia so he's essentially just being deported because they don't like you know what he says it's it's scary really scary like terms of deportation um yeah I think I mean obviously I don't really agree I don't agree with the whole the whole thing but um I suppose you know if they have one rule for like before when he when he got um nearly deported before it was obviously you can't just allow him to be in the country just because he's a celebrity or whatever because he's famous 
So I do get that, like one rule for him, one for, one rule for everyone kind of thing. One rule for everyone, yeah. Um, but obviously now they're kind of saying he doesn't actually pose a risk to anyone around him because he has recently had COVID as well. Um, but he's just being deported because, yeah, they don't want him to kind of rile everyone up. And yeah, don't know. Uh, another worrying thing was is that the uh, the Guardian reported that his lawyers were uh, debating his his, vac- his views on vaccination, as if his views will give credence to them deporting him in the first place. Well, that, was like why, you say. that was why the is the the was it foreign minister, home and home office minister, whatever way around deals with like border security in Australia. Said that um, that it wasn't his. He, he acknowledged that his medical exemption was valid and was trying to deport him just because of his views. Yeah, um, I mean, it would have been great to cut. Well, he had obviously a very good chance of winning the Australian Open because he's won many, well, many times yeah. before. Um, but. So it would have been good for him to have won and then, uh, you know, kind of make a stand against the corruption going on in Australia at the moment that I don't think actually many people know about. I mean, Australia's gone full that job. It's gone full crazy. Um, I know they've set up actual uh, COVID camps, isn't it? It's either for the unvaccinated or for those isolated. I can't remember. I don't think it's for the unvaccinated. I think it's for those isolated. I think, yeah, I'm not too sure, but um, I think it's... Even then, it's scary. These massive fields of little grey buildings with metal fences keeping people on their balconies and these people in hazmat suits walking up and down, making sure they stay on their balconies for they may spread the dreaded killer of COVID. And they've gone... Australia's gone absolutely mad with with COVID regulation. (laughs) I've just found the quote of the uh, Australia's immigration minister. Um, he accepts uh, the Australian immigration minister accept, says he accepts that Djokovic's um, recent COVID infection means he has a negligible risk to those around him. But the problem is that he is still perceived by some as a talisman of, the, of a community of anti-vaccine sentiment. So the minister says, I consider that Mr. Djokovic's ongoing presence in Australia may lead to an increase in anti-vaccination sentiment generated in the Australian community, potentially leading to an increase in civil unrest. Having regard to Mr. Djokovic's conduct after receiving a positive COVID-19 test, his publicly stated views, as well as his unvaccinated status, I consider that his ongoing presence in Australia may encourage other people to disregard or act inconsistently with public health advice and policies in Australia. This dangerous language really, isn't it? I'm afraid that he might have the peasants rise up against us and we can't have that. And I hope they do. I hope. So he accepts that he's not, he has very little risk of causing an infection. But yeah. his views are dangerous. So let's get rid of him. It's a very, very dangerous precedent to set, mm-hmm. even for a country like Australia. Yeah, but I mean, like Australia used to be a democracy. 
fairly free country to live in. But, but Australia also used to be a prison colony, so they're only going back, aren't they? Oh, they're going back to their roots. <laughs> Any Australians listening? Thank you for listening. I love you, really. <laughs> we do love you. I hope that you'll find... It's, it's, it's not you, it's your right-wing government. <laughs> Getting the socialists. Yeah. But this was, this was what... There's another thing Brandon O'Neill said on his Instagram. Um about how you've got the the left in Australia cheering on this what was normally quite a right wing government oh, simply yeah. simply for deporting a foreigner on the basis that he might be diseased and dangerous. If I wonder, I, I wonder if, what would change if he wasn't white. Is that and probably, I don't know because obviously, as we know the vaccination rate amongst ethnic minorities is much lower. Hmm. But no one talks about them. No one... No, it's like, a people bit just of, ignore it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a taboo, isn't it? Yeah. Um, like, in, in America, um, the capital, Washington, D.C., is just put in a... You're not allowed... Basically, if you're not... If you don't live in Washington, you're not allowed in Washington unless you're fully vaccinated. Oh, my God. Um, but then, that's not funny, really. They're they're banning what are the majority of which are non-white from entering the capital city of the United States of America. Mm. Like this, I wonder when something like this under under any other circumstances, the the BLM community, the the anti-racism movement, the um. The left in general, Antifa and everything like that would be rioting like anything if the government turned around and said, "Oh, by the way, a large proportion of the African American community aren't allowed into the capital city anymore." Yeah, I think um, I don't know if you guys follow Dominique Samuels. She's very been very good throughout the whole thing at you know raising awareness of what's going on. Um, but she was saying how. Because I think Nike, the company, have uh, have said they're gonna cut their sick pay for unvaccinated workers. Yeah, and quite they, a few places have done it, haven't they? A lot of companies have started to do that. Um, and sh- and she was saying, but they're I think it, I think it was um, Dominic Samuels. Yeah, they're the same people, but the same company who on in their bio they're like hashtag Black Lives Matter. Um, you know, un un like not thinking about. Like yeah, vaccine hesitancy is is pretty quite a big thing in like uh, minority communities or you know non-white communities, um, and you know so they of course they should have the right to be hesitant about it like yeah. everyone should, um, but yeah it's just very like blinkered blinkered vision like these companies yeah. they just go and this is her words as well they well not her, the sentiment she was she was saying was like these companies just do exactly what's in trend like they do not care about black people they they pretend to care they don't actually care they say black lives matter because it was in fashion last year or a couple years ago and and obviously now too scared to take out their bio or whatever and um and but actually when black lives and livelihoods are actually on the line like they are in many places because you know they're being 
fired from their jobs or they can't get to work because yeah Washington DC like won't let them in or you know whatever it may be oh no they don't bat an eyelid and that's fine we're gonna cut sick pay like it just it just so inconsistent um and yeah like she's saying like I'm not gonna spend money with these companies and I think we do really need to be like conscious of where we're spending our money because so many places now are just so like blase about it and just yeah like cutting sick pay for unvaccinated workers it's crazy um and and yeah I think just put your money where your mouth is I suppose and especially like I think there was the co-op in Iceland and places like that were not enforcing the mask mandate at least they weren't when it first came back in so it was saying like, like try and shop there where you can or um yeah. you know just just try and make those little changes but obviously I can't see how it's going to get that far but it's something I suppose yeah. and all, all all this all of this all does is create more vaccine hesitancy I mean they think making people take the vaccine is going to then everyone's going to go oh well I guess I'll just take it it actually makes it worse it means that more people are less likely to take it yeah I know it just seems like like more of just one big like program to like it just seems more and more strange when it's moving more and more away from health and more and more to control and do what we say um yeah I feel like if if the vaccine just came out they give it to the vulnerable groups and then said, you guys want to take it? You can take it. More people would have probably taken it now than, than they have because of this sort of increased yeah. um, propaganda machine that's making everyone terrified yeah. mm. to, to, to not get vaccinated. If they're unvaccinated, terrified of the unvaccinated as well. And quite literally yes. splitting society. I mean, Germany is like putting supermarkets where one half the vaccinated, one half the unvaccinated. Mm. Um with a big fence in the middle of supermarkets some of these like like australia and places like that or germany uh i mean like in spain i know it's vaccine passports pretty much everywhere now to get into cafes and i'm not sure if that differs between like region region yeah but um but definitely where i know people who are in spain that they, they have to show covid passes where they go um is very very strict um whereas i know like some places in england where you have to show covid passes or maybe wales as well i'm not sure but um they'll they'll just like glance at it like you you could easily make it up kind of thing or they won't even check um and it i think it just shows like there's such a difference in culture between these country between countries like spain who are clearly who, who are recently out of a dictatorship well nearly 50 years ago but they're still pretty recent they're just very quick to just accept like authority and like not question like and they have to wear masks outside all the time and it's just crazy the, the french are pretty the french have the french are quite big on freedoms they like to know i mean the fuel prices go up and they boom down paris so but this the, is the- uh it's it's it's, it's odd that they're because they're writing they're still using now aren't they like there's constant protests and riots in Paris but it's just not reported on very often no. well it's like the yellow vest stuff as well that went, that went on for ages and it never got yeah you had firefighters fighting the police in yeah, yeah, Paris yeah. when that was happening and and yeah this is the importance of teaching our own history because like I suppose in France I mean as much as France do have a lot of COVID restrictions as well um but 
in France they have quite a good resistance movement, but they're obviously taught a lot about their revolution and like how they yeah. fought for, for freedoms and same in America, whereas places like Spain or you know, or even in the UK, we don't really have that like grasp of like having to battle for our freedom or like having to like win our freedom back. And it's yeah. just not drummed into us. I don't know if that makes a difference, but yeah. So did you see the um report in the Daily Express cited as coming from a senior government source suggesting that within 10 days of today or yesterday as you're listening to it tomorrow um within 10 days time that that the elder covid regulations are going to be gone completely until another variant comes around all the scare happen. yeah well, so, again. i know and when they say all what do they actually mean like well, they've already, they've already said that vaccine passports are going to go, haven't they? Or well, that's what Judge Javid's been pushing for. Right. He's been trying to get rid of them. Um, but I'd imagine that means masks yeah. and social distancing, social distancing, everything like that. So, Didn't you have this is, already in England at some point? I feel like you did. We did for a time, yeah, that they yeah, said it was have, irreversible. Yeah. But I think the problem is now, <laughs> no one... The issue that they've got now is that because of all these stupid parties they've been getting up to. Oh my god, yeah. That's another thing. But, isn't it? Because of all these parties. It's it's almost like they're doing it because Boris is trying to save himself from his own MPs that are going to literally Well, I don't I don't think it I get him out. You can't it, you can't tell the population to do this, do that, do this, do that, and tell them that the Omicron is so dangerous, Delta is so dangerous, any new variant is so dangerous that you need to stay inside, et cetera, et cetera, when you're not. Because not only does it make you look like a hypocrite and lose your credibility, yeah. if, if you're the ones getting all of this information, why aren't you scared? Exactly. But it just shows people that it's, it's, it's less and less about health and more and more about control. Because if it was genuinely about health, I mean, like you say, they're the ones directly being told this. If it was genuinely about health and were genuinely that scared of it, they'd be the scaredest out of all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they've got. But they're not because they would have even more data than we would have. Yeah, yeah, but they're not. They're actually yeah. the least scared, and are yeah. quite happy to do what they want. Yeah. I mean, I know the, the garden party was in March. Was it in March, twenty twenty? Uh, well, I think there's probably one in every single month. Yeah, yeah at least but, one oh, in every oh, month. Not, let's not remember they made the queen stay away from her family at her husband's funeral. Yeah. And they had a party the night before. All we I can went. say is I hope every single fine that was taken for breaching COVID rules is fully refunded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it won't yeah. be. I guarantee it won't be. No, but it blooming should and, be. And the, and the and the Metropolitan Police as well saying they're not going to investigate the parties because there's not enough evidence. There's photographic evidence. <laughs> what more evidence <laughs> do you need? Like Boris, you know how Boris said, "Oh, he doesn't real- He didn't realize it was a party." Um, I mean, if if they were... brought his own drinks and his wife, there's a deadly virus going round. There's a deadly virus going round, and there was a group of people gathering in the garden. You'd be like, okay, I'm not going. I'm not going. Yeah. Or seeing as he's, 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 he's the prime minister, they get those people out spread apart. He's got a good get out of jail card for it though, because the person who organised the party 
was the person responsible for making sure number 10 was COVID compliant. So he can, he's just turned around and said, oh, because so-and-so was organising it, I just assumed it was okay. Isn't there stuff as well that Sue Gray might have actually been at a party? Well, they, they've all been at these parties. I mean, even, the person investigating in the party may have been at the like, party. Keir Starmer, Keir Starmer's been kicking all this fuss up. Oh, God. Rightly so, because that's his job as the opposition. So he should. But he's a hypocrite too, because he's been photographed having indoor house parties at his own house. Has he? He was, yeah. Yeah, he's been photographed having a party. In April, wasn't it? April? I don't know. I, well, I, I'm not entirely sure of the dates, but I've seen these sure, photographed. Yeah, I think said it's April or May. Like, why, yeah. Photographed having a party himself. It, like when you watch the, um, the, the, when I watched the PMQs on Wednesday, there's no passion behind Keir Starmer's voice other than he wants to, you know, make Boris Johnson look like an idiot. But like, doesn't yeah, have to try very hard to do that. Yeah, you can tell that he is not actually invested in what he's saying because. As, as as now you've now told me, he's obviously broken the rules multiple times himself. You he had what you're saying. Shut yeah. up! Oh, I mean, they all have. They all have. He had a he had a big beer party with his with his staff, um, and he's insisting he broke no COVID rules now as well. It's funny how the I, tables I, I, turn, isn't it? I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind as much. I wouldn't mind as much if and like, it was an his MP was indoors. Was local, oh, was, so it's to give, worse to give to give. To give Boris the benefit of the doubt, at least they were doing it outdoors, which was <laughs> sort of in line with the the guidelines, a little bit more than than Keir Starmer was. And but if this you is, wouldn't this mind why... you if MPs actually, if, if an MP who was vocal against COVID restrictions, yeah, exactly, party, well, I exactly, wouldn't yeah. care because no. because it, it, it's they're not hypocritical. Yeah, but exactly. it's the point of when, when other ones quite literally making the rules. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Um... This is why this is why so few of the MPs, like the senior MPs, have been able to speak against, are, are, are willing to talk out against Boris on both sides of the house because they all know that they've all done exactly what he did. Yeah. Keir Starmer's done it. Jeremy Corbyn broke the rules. Matt Hancock broke the rules. Boris Johnson's broken the rules. All, all of the French definitely has. Oh, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Of course, everybody in the country has broken the rules. Like, let's stop pretending that we're scared of the virus. Do you know? And that's and that's not to excuse what Boris has done, because he's lied and broken. Like, with that, we're not saying that everyone's broken the rules and thus Boris is okay because he's not making the rules. Exactly. It, it, It. Yeah. But. But but the thing is, we break the rules, and we're scared of getting found out. <laughs> because yeah. well, he's scared of getting found out as well. No, but but the thing is, like, because as as um as scared of one of the yeah, like I suppose as one of the labor, I was watching when when it was on when it was PMQs and they had um politics live on in this afterwards. The um, the Labour MP they had on there, what she she said that. Boris isn't sorry that he isn't apo- he's not apologizing for having these parties. He's sorry he got caught. Oh yeah, of course. I mean he was he was told to resign by four different MPs, four different uh four different times in PMQs, wasn't he? Yeah. Keir Starmer said it, Chris Bryant said it, one of the SMP said it. Yeah. Um and and the, the, the like when I watched PMQs, Chris Bryant was saying um 
he said that he's making fools of every single one of you, pointing at the, the Conservative Party. And usually you'd expect, if that happened in normal circumstances, to there be a GL or a boo silence. Yeah. Because they know it's true. <gasps> and, and the back and the backbenchers don't want him there either. No. Um, so PMQs are particularly more quiet, if you notice, from the Conservative Party side. Um, yeah. Yeah, because there's they get, so much... Laura Coonsberg was kept saying how toxic the Conservative Party is at the moment in terms of the interior sort of oh attitudes God. and everything. It needs a huge shift. And that's, that's no surprise. No. It, it, needs a, it needs a huge shake-up. Um, I think just, just get some of the backbencher on the front then. I'll be happy. Yeah. Certain ones. Mm-hmm. If, if Boris... Was did to did resign or got forced out, whichever way it happened. Well, it'd be soon. Who would? Do you reckon? I think that's who it would be. Yeah. Um. I know that he's. Do you reckon that's popular. who? If. Do you reckon that's who the establishment, the civil service, and yeah. a lot of the MPs would want to take over? Who? Considering Rishi Sunak, considering how he abstained on the vaccine passport vote and. Has yeah. party, party to be outspoken. Party, party, party members. Be like Michael Gove or someone like that. Ugh. Oh, God. Or Pretty Patel, even. Dominic Raab. Lewis would be happy. Oh, just like a note, just like a someone who just a carbon cut out of everything we. Yeah, because because the, the, like, the establishment doesn't actually want someone who's headstrong and a leader no. because that's a threat to them. They want someone who's um, easily. <laughs> Yeah. Have, you, have you guys ever watched Yes Minister? I've seen clips. Yeah, I've, I've not quite watched. Like, but is it um, old? It's an old. Yeah, it's an old sort of eighties TV show, comedy by the BBC, and when well, they were funny, quite, it's quite, quite frankly, it's, it is very good, and because it's not politically sided, it's sort of the jokes they make. You could you'd find funny no matter which side you sit on, sort of thing. It's very well written. But the truth in it as well, with the, it, I'd re- recommend watching it. There, there's a part a anyway. where uh, one of the one of the advisors is talking to the to a, to a government minister, and the government minister complains that the advisor isn't like um, passionate about what the government's trying to do, and he said, if I was passionate about every single thing that all the governments I worked for was trying to do, then I'd be a um, a centrist, a lefty, a right winger. A capitalist, a socialist. And he said, "I can't do it all." And there's so much truth in that. All these sort of civil service backgrounds that just drift through governments don't yeah. actually have any care for yeah. the people. They're whispering in ministers' ear, making them make decisions that are affecting all of us, but they have no care. Or... Yeah, there's a huge amount of bureaucracy that runs the country, completely hidden from view and without any. It needs. It, need, it needs to. It needs. To, I, I hate saying it needs to change because it makes me sound like left, but it does. It needs to change. <laughs> yeah. The way the way the way uh, the way the way that our country is run. I think COVID should has definitely exposed that. Is that it needs to change? Yeah. In in the in the way it works. I mean, the Conservative Party as a whole needs to change as well. Like in in, in, in but. When you know, I think Ricky Gervais said it. He said they're all mates, the ones around, they're all buddies, and that's yeah. so true. That is, it's yeah. sad to think about that no matter who on that front bench gets in charge, it won't change. No, It'll be the same. 
That's why. Well, yeah. Desmond Swain. Desmond Swain for Prime Minister. Get him in. He he voted. He didn't vote against vaccine passports, though, did he? I don't think. He abstained. Um, That's really. I think he did. He did wait. There was something. He 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 abstained, which I thought was really odd. But yeah, he 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 clarified that he had voted against them, but for some reason it came out as abstained or something. I think. Well, did he stand in the wrong lobby or something? (laughs) No, I think. I think. Um, I don't know. Wait. I need to look this up because I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't. I'm pretty sure he like said on his on his Twitter about it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't find it now, <laughs> of course. But he's at uh, yeah anti masks for kids as well, which is good. But yeah, I don't think I don't think he meant to abstain or or whereas and he got counted wrongly or something like that. Well, either way, we just need we just need if you look at the, like the, the difference between backbenchers and frontbenchers in the Conservative Party, the backbenchers are well the ones that are vocal and are COVID anyway are, are, are yeah they literally are they carry they are the ones carrying the torch for, for actual conservatism yeah. Yeah. in the Conservative Party. I'd take Steve Baker as. Prime Minister any day. Yeah. Yeah, he's come through. All right, don't just bum like him because he followed you on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so when he does become Prime Minister, Jake can be the Prime Minister follow me to follow me on Instagram. <laughs> You're like trying to get everyone in the leadership vote. People will be looking on the following of who's the Prime Minister following. And they'll just be Jacob there amongst like a mix of MPs and world leaders. They'll just be Jacob. <laughs> Along with like President Biden, <laughs> all these other people. And Jacob's just there, like, ooh, hello. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, yeah. Hashtag Baker for PM. Oh, bit of a job change. Baker. <laughs> Baker for PM. <laughs> what about a butcher? You could do some really cheesy catchphrases. This country like doesn't that. need a politician, it needs a baker. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, know, you, know, you know exactly the sort of, sort of puns that the campaign department of the Conservative Party would come up with. If oh, they'd be loving it. They'd be loving it. The leader. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I mean that, that, that oven baked deal that Boris Johnson had was getting ready for would work the much better if Steve Baker was yeah. Prime Minister. <laughs> I mean, shall we shall we move on to something less virusy? <laughs> like, which which one did you have in mind? Well, shall we talk a little bit about um the uh Infamous prince in our royal family. He's he's a royal highness too, isn't he? <laughs> um, royal highness, the Duke of York. He's not a royal highness anymore. <laughs> I know. Oh, now God. he's just now he's just Andrew. peasant peasant Andrew. <laughs> Andy. He's now goes by Andy. Andy. He's going to be working at Tesco's at <laughs> the track hotel. Oh God! Well. 
I recently got into, got into the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing. Oh, that sounds so bad. But like, as in, I was watching quite a lot of stuff. Oh, you're involved in it too, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I got my call from Glenn Max. You're in the book. You're in the book. The black book. <laughs> when, when's your flight to the island first? <laughs> it's the only place you can go without a vaccine passport. <laughs> For you. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, pretty pretty intense stuff <laughs> with Prince yeah. Adam. Yeah. Glad to see him being held to account, though, really, after yeah. that diabolical interview. I mean, I mean, people say it's it's conspiracy theory, like, to say that, you know, a load of celebrities and, and world leaders are involved in all this. Yeah, I don't but think it's this... that far of a stretch. If, no, if, this, if this past year's taught us anything, is that <laughs> conspiracy theories quite often turn out to be true. <laughs> yeah. I would not surprise me if it came out that many, many more oh, yeah. world leaders, celebrities. Yeah. Well, were involved we've already, in got, already got Epstein and Maxwell, obviously. Um, yeah. But Clinton, without a shadow of a doubt. Isn't oh. Blair? Blair's been reported to be involved in it as well. Tony Blair. That would be something, yeah. Blair. Well, mm. well, Mr. I mean, Mr. Sir Walker. Tom, Tom, yeah. Mr. Tom Hanks. Oh, really? Yeah. Forest Camp, no. <laughs> no. Bill, Bill Gates. Run, Forest, run from the FBI. That's going to be... <laughs> but, I mean, if, yeah, this is on our poll yesterday. I, was, I, I did a poll which was, um, is Hollywood toxic? For this exact reason, because yeah, if you just look and like, well, look, look photos, Harvey Weinstein, yeah, they're happy. They were happy to take his money. They were happy to work for him, and they didn't say a thing. Harvey Weinstein. The second then they could, it was all they all jumped on it, and they were happy to do it when they were it, it called um, well, Bill Cosby, but I felt like that's a little bit different. The Bill Cosby stuff. Um, and it's just because they live in a bubble. Guy who's House of Cards guy. Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Yeah, he's another. Uh, you know, they, they live. They live in this almost like bubble. They're, they're not. So, so the laws don't apply to them. Nothing applies to them. They're rich, famous, powerful, and they have influence. They can do anything, virtually. Um, and as long as they do it in their, in their way, in a, in a certain way, they can. They can. They can do whatever they want. And it's it's the exact same reason why you know, these Tory front benches are keeping quiet is because everybody has knowledge about everyone doing st- illegal stuff. Yep. This yeah. is why it never comes out. And when actors do come out about it and say things, they're dropped like that and their careers are over. Mm-hmm. Second, they say anything. I mean, look at jo- John Voight was a, was a was a actor. He's been in countless films. Um was a big player in Hollywood, and then I think he supported Trump, yeah. or something along those lines. And like that, it was over. Yeah. yeah. Well, you just have to see with um, oh, what was her name? What's her name? Gina Carano. Gina Carano. That's it. And um, like no. Chris Pratt, obviously, he Chris Pratt gets away with it a bit more because he's that much bigger of a star. But Chris but, Pratt, Chris Pratt. I mean, I wouldn't even say Chris Pratt is a conservative. He's just not left wing, and that's not good enough for them. Well, I think he's more conservative. He's just he's just doesn't speak about. Oh, no, not conservative. Wrong word, sorry, he's not political. Is what I meant. Right. Yeah. But he I holds enough. I don't, I don't he holds. Political. He holds enough opinions that are unpopular with leftists that he 
often draws a lot of hate. But, yeah, their award speech are usually talking about the region and the climate change. His award speech was telling people, and he uses, he uses yeah, exactly. Um, um, but have some what? Have some humility. Oh, humility! Yeah, I mean those awards—they're sickening. I mean, I mean, it's just insane. Like the bubble that these people live in. R- Ricky, Ricky Gervais is the best when he—they uh, uh, yeah, was... were all laughing at it, and he said, "You're in no position to lecture the public about anything." Uh, yeah. You most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg, so come up, accept your awards, thank your agent and your god, and f all. <laughs> It's, I, it amazes me that he did it for so long. Because how, how long did he do the Golden Globes? About three ten, years. Yeah, I mean, he said that he was on Graham Norton show the other day and he said um, at the beginning, everyone was saying, oh, how dare you say these horrible things to these amazing people? He said, now everyone's saying, yeah, give it to him. Because mm-hmm. after everything that's happened. Yeah. But I, I was listening to um, Joe Rogan's podcast with uh, Quentin Tarantino and... He worked. He worked with Harvey Weinstein quite closely for year, like years, I think. Um, and and they touched on that subject. And and he was and Quentin said how like everyone just thought of him as a bit creepy, or like everyone just thought like he was the kind of classic like older boss who's trying to get with his secretary or something like that. And like how everyone was just like kind of brushed it off and especially because it was like I suppose the 90s and the early 2000s where like it kind of wasn't a big deal and again who knows if he's even telling the truth he could have known about it as well I don't I literally don't trust any of them I don't really I don't know and I don't know I mean they they do live they they live in a different world to to what we live in um so it's not far-fetched to say that they're all completely aware of 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 what's happening and they're just not saying anything but he, but, he, but he was basically saying, like, everybody had a clue that something was going on, but no one, like... Yeah, because they were happy to take his money. Because they, were yeah. happy, they, yeah. had, they were happy to work for him, happy to get paid millions, and happy to just go off to their Caribbean island and not say a dumb thing. Exactly. Like, it's, and, I mean, the thing with Jeffrey Epstein was pretty much the same. Like, yeah, like, people obviously knew because he would swan about with these, like, 17, 18-year-old girls. Mm-hmm. 16, 17, 18, yeah. And, and no one would even, you know. Like, he'd be into clubs and, like, it's crazy. I mean, people people are even saying now that there's a connection between um, Prince Andrew and a young girl's body that was found in San, uh, on Sandringham Estate in the 90s. Oh, my God. Um, I know that that was talked about in the... There was, I know there was a, there's a documentary about Jeffrey Epstein. Um, Filthy Rich, is it? Filthy Rich, I was called. Oh, is it um, on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. I don't think. Well, they don't say about that on Netflix. I, I can't remember where exactly where I saw it, but there was a someone saying that there was a connection between. Them. Obviously, there's no evidence that that's connected. Yeah. It's just that what people are now jumping to because of you heard it here first, guys. Everything else, yes, I have, I have proof. No, um, <laughs> but obviously, all the all the connections now, things like that, are going to be uh, implicated and. Uh, I feel so sorry for his daughters, really. Yeah. I, mean, I, feel the, I feel sorry for the queen. She's had to deal with her husband dying, her grandson and his American doll leaving, and now uh, her son... Mistress. Mistress. Uh, yeah, and her son now being shown to be uh, most likely a, a pedophile. Mm. Oh, there we go, then. 
The thing is, because they tried to get the case dismissed, didn't they? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the way they tried to get it dismissed was seemed silly. Like, almost as if they were declaring themselves guilty. What? I can't remember what happened with that. So they tried to get the case dismissed by saying that Jeffrey Epstein had already paid her off. And thus, Uh. the case is closed. (laughs) He he settled with like an NDA, just, paid, her, paid her off to sign an NDA so that so that she didn't talk about it. They are just scraping the barrel at this point. So, they just so don't have anything else. You're using that as your defence. I don't need. I, there's no case to answer for because she's already paid. We we paid her off on this case already. But it's, it, it doesn't seem to make much sense. But clutch against I mean, straws, I guess. There's there's a lot of you know you sort of get this thing with. Uh, whenever this comes up with Prince Andrew, there's no he's tarnished the entire reputation of the royal family because now the the entire royal family is now accused of the same same thing. Um, well, this is all, all his titles it. and roles and hates yeah, that's what it's what it is. The royal family it? covering, uh, well, not covering, sorry, but um, right, defend, right, defending so. their repu- defending their reputation. Yeah, because yeah, they should right. because he's going to yeah. tarnish it. Mm. Um, which, but unfortunately, I think he already has. Um, I, I don't. Damage is done. I'm not sure how much damage is done on the rest of the royal family. If I'm honest, I think like, the queen I, is always the queen always has a unique ability to be untouched by it. Mm. But I feel like it always spreads to sort of Charles. It always sort of spreads maybe over to Camilla and all the sort of the, the not the ones that not everyone really likes that much. Yeah, I was going to say no really likes Charles them. anyway. Do they? No, so it always spreads over onto him. It, the Queen never seems to be affected directly by them because she's sort of, well, because she's a Queen. But um, yeah. the rest of them always sort of get dragged into it. Mm. And I suppose it's it's sort of the same argument with Hollywood, isn't it? Is that the royal family also, also live in a sort of, not as much of a bubble, I suppose, because they are public servants, but they live more in a, they live a very different life to everyone else, don't they? I, I wonder if, you know, the whole, obviously, Philip's funeral got broadcast to the world and um, and they're obviously all adhering to the measures that were in place at the time. Um, I, do, I do wonder and probably think that they did have, they did break the rules in other ways privately because... Yeah, probably, yeah. They probably had their own like private funeral. I mean, I, I want to know what's happened when since when Boris Johnson has met the Queen. Because I saw something, I can't remember, that she apparently scolded him. Is what I read. I need to find wow. it. If I can find it, I'll find it. But it was something like Queen Queen Elizabeth scolds the Prime Minister. I can't even imagine. Because of the word it came out. Like 90, what, 95 or something? It's just crazy, and she's still just like having to like deal with all this shit. <laughs> Not again. But um, yeah, which um, brings us to our final topic, which is about the BBC license fee freeze, in which I'm going to hand over to Jacob because I don't really know much about this. I just know that I don't really think uh, we should have a licence fee in the first place. Yeah, so um, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of her name, but Nadine Dorius, Dorius? Dorius, Dorius. Dorius, right, there we go. That's what she gets for having a difficult name. Um, 
she's obviously in charge of culture now, so that includes the the BBC because apparently they're an essential part of culture in the UK. <laughs> um, so she's announced that the license fees frozen from this year and I think till 2024 I saw somewhere it's frozen so that's going to give the BBC basically was an equivalent to about two billion pounds in cuts to their funding which is which is good mm-hmm. um and they she said that um 2027 will be the last year of having to pay a BBC license fee basically so the One. so the BBC have got five years to find the funding themselves basically because 2027 well they either go to a subscription model yeah they start doing adverts yeah yeah or find another way of doing it i don't really don't really know (laughs) gosh that is gonna be that that is a big change if you think the bbc is like yeah and one that needs to happen i think yeah i don't know i agree um i mean they they, they're obviously they're meant to represent uh britain essentially and they haven't done that for how long (laughs) yeah so uh, i think it's about time I, hope I wonder how, I hope I wonder how the BBC place. themselves are reporting on it. Let me have a look how the BBC themselves are reporting on it because they have done an article on it. Have a look. Sorry. I'm going to see how the BBC themselves, the, the BBC are reporting it themselves. Oh, yeah. To see, if they're, to see if they're being extremely unbiased or they go in and this is absolutely outrageous. <laughs> it's all the, um, all the BBC supporters have uh, jumped on the uh, protection bandwagon haven't they on the what well like there's a like some a load of the bbc journalists and that on twitter and that have been defending the uh, this guy he's um he's a journalist for bbc northeast posted he's on his twitter he said Perhaps worth remembering that we all what we all get from the BBC license fee, which costs just 43 pence a day. Oh. Dun dun dun. Yeah, the, the thing is, it's not the BBC license fee is good value if you want everything. If you want? If you want everything that comes with the BBC license fee, then sure it's good value. But most people either don't want everything or don't want any of it. Yeah. I, I can't remember who made the point, but someone made a point on question time before that, especially the younger generation, our generation, is that we're increasingly moving away from actually watching TV. We consume most of our media through laptops, phones, yeah. and streaming services. Yeah. So there's no real that, reason for it to exist. It's going to like, actually fizzle out anyway. This Lee Johnson journalist, he's then put like an image of all the BBC services that you get included. But BBC iPlayer, that's something most people use. BBC Sounds, not many people use that, I don't think. I, do you, anyone, any of you use BBC Sounds? BBC Scotland, that's very regional. So we're paying for BBC Scotland, thanks for that. BBC <laughs> Online, 
BBC One, BBC Two, BBC Three, which is a load of rubbish. BBC Three is the worst one. That's the one with Drag Race and all that rubbish. <laughs> it's called a crap reality TV that no one cares about. Yeah, yeah. BBC Four, CBBC, kids stuff. <laughs> BBC News, BBC Parliament, which BBC Parliament's probably the only one that's worth watching. Um, it's like it's like um like the comedy network in America. Um, BBC World Service, so our license fees paying for broadcasting to foreign nations who can't pay for it themselves. BBC Alba, which is BBC in Scottish, again, regional, nothing we should be paying for. CBBS. Oh, oh my god, in Scottish. In Scottish. CBBS, kid stuff. We don't even B- get that. What's that? Scottish. I mean, God, it's called radio. God. Radio one, radio two, all the way up to radio six. <laughs> Our license fee is paying for that. But even if someone really likes the radio, it's impossible for them to listen to all six radio stations at the same time. Happen <laughs> at one. Do it there. BBC Asian Network. Another radio station. Anyone listening didn't realise this then, but Jacob in, just shook in, his camera violently when he said Asian Network. Uh, do you maybe? I don't know what language the BBC Asian Network would be in. And then Five Live Sports. So they're willingly admitting, this guy's willingly admitting that a large proportion of that, and even, things, even if you watch television, you can't watch four channels at once. Six if you're in Scotland. Yeah. So it may be 43p a day, but the majority of that 43p a day is going on stuff that no one ever uses. True. Can you, like, can you even get a world service in the UK or can you only get it in India and abroad? So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah. What do you guys think on the the the, the licence fee? Well, I mean, I personally never watch TV other than, like, yeah, if I'm going to watch Netflix, I'll watch Netflix. But I, I, never... watch the, I watch The Chase in the living room, like, in every other thought, like, month. That's all. <laughs> every other month. Or something. But, uh, First Tuesday of the month. <laughs> exactly. The Chase, Bradley Walsh. Maybe. <laughs> But I think no, that's, but, the other, yeah. that's the other problem. That's, with the, that's ITV. But that's the problem with the license fee, <laughs> is that technically speaking, you can watch ITV without needing a license. But if you've got a connection to an aerial on your television, then you, should have, you have to pay the license fee because you can get BBC. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the even, whole... even when you load up the app and it says, do you have a license fee? Uh, do you have a TV license? Everyone just goes, yes. <laughs> and then, no, you, you might not even have one. So they're clearly not uh, making too much money because the amount of people that lie about are in... Oh, they're making, I'm sure they're making plenty of money. BBC's like, free trial for seven days, everyone. <laughs> BBC premium. <laughs> you get to watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Yay. The thing is, there can't be, there can't be many media networks slash TV companies in the world that have their own on-staff, essentially bailiffs to go around to people's houses and demand they pay their licence fee if they haven't. Mm. And and you know that whole conspiracy that started of the BBC's sensor vans that drive around and detect if people have a licence or not? 
but there was this it was an urban legend and the BBC perpetuated it by buying vans that looked like the sort of van you'd need but they weren't they couldn't it's impossible scientifically speaking it's impossible to detect whether someone's streaming TV without a license that's what but, they want you to think actually. but that's what they told everybody so they, right. the the whole public consciousness thought that if they listened they watched the TV without paying their license that they were going to have the door, the door kicked down by police because the BBC's the BBC's licensing control van was driving up and down the country detecting who was watching television without a license. <laughs> like the, the level of fear tactics by the state broadcaster. Bloody hell. Trying to make people pay their license fee. I, mean, I, I don't even think they should be on state broadcaster anymore. Or if they are, they need to be changed. But this is this is what this is like North Korea. Well, this is the thing is it's not many countries nowadays, wrong. Not many countries nowadays have official government funded state broadcasters. No. Oh, it's so weird. The only ones I can think of are RT in Russia. <laughs> and um, you, and North Korea's got a few as well. Well, yeah, on. North Korea. <laughs> Al Jazeera in um whichever country Al Jazeera's from. So Saudi Arabia, isn't it? Saudi Arabia? One of the one. I'm not sure exactly. One of the Arabic countries. Um, it's yeah. It's just. It's not not really a a Western world. I never want to get us to get. I don't want to get like America's media though. Hmm. I, I I kind of I don't know. The thing is, Ofcom Ofcom's regulations on biasness would still oh, yeah, be applicable. Yeah. It's just that I'm afraid that when media when media becomes too like what's the word I'm looking for? Binary. Binary. As in there it's either us, them, and then you pick one and you support one. I feel like it makes things worse. I don't so I'd never want us to go down that route. But it's things like one of my um one of my friends who's sort of quite far left, Mm -hmm. posted on Instagram, he's constantly bashing the BBC for being biased towards conservatives or oh, they're, they're favouring the conservatives. My God. Which, which is a load of rubbish. It's funny that as... everyone thinks the BBC hates them. Like, like Everyone is just the right and the left yeah. both think the BBC are biased but for very different reasons. Yeah. So the, he's and he's he's argued this case before on his Instagram about how oh their bias if you don't believe that they're biased towards the conservatives just look at which part like which party the someone who donates money to the bbc or is a key high up on the bbc donates money to so yeah the, the high ups may be tory in the in, in a handful of cases but everyone else in there isn't <laughs> in that place yeah try and find um, any conservative uh, BBC broadcasters, yeah. yeah. Or, 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 but he posted today on Instagram, screenshotting one of the news articles on the BBC funding being cut, declaring it as really, really bad and terrible idea, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, but if you think they're biased to the extent that you do, that the state broadcaster is biased towards the current is is is, in, is views the current government favourably, why wouldn't you want them to be stripped of their state broadcast status and lose their government funding? But if they are biased, surely you'd want them not to be biased or have any inkling of being biased because they're not funded by the government. Yeah, it's just... 
I think a lot of people will be very happy if the BBC did lose their yeah. state broadcast and stuff. Um, on, on all sides. There was a, did you see? Did you see the survey last month saying that two thirds of the British population want to vote on um, whether the BBC keeps its license fee? Yeah, I can see. That. And you, you only you only want that vote if you don't want it anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, if if you're happy with having a license fee, you're not going to think that we need a vote on whether we keep it or not. Yeah. White. Hashtag scrap the BBC. <laughs> Not the license fee, just the BBC. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I think that pretty much sums up everything. <laughs> well, maybe not everything, but we've covered quite a lot of things that have happened since the beginning of 2022. We hope to keep doing just that. Um, and yeah, I hope we've kind of done a good overview and maybe you've resonated with some of what we've said or not. Either way, we'd like to hear what you have to say um, in the comments of our Instagram posts or you can send us an audio message via Anchor. Um, yeah, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. And if you're a new listener that's started listening to us for the first time, welcome. Thank you for listening. Um, we look forward to having you back next time. Make sure you give us a share, share us with your friends. Um, yeah, left and right. Yeah, yeah. We want to sort of... Change the world. <laughs> create. We want to create a platform where you can, where we can sort of discuss ideas without fear of people getting annoyed at your opinion and stuff like that so yeah 100% we want we we're all sort of right wing but we want to sort of create a platform on this podcast that we can have discussions with people that aren't right wing as well so yeah definitely yeah that's all tolerant individuals exactly um we want to have healthy discussions yeah Yes, so with that, we will see you in a couple of weeks and I hope you are all staying safe. <laughs> and, all, and I hope you're all following the rules like the government are. <laughs> you better follow those leaders. Um, yeah, take care and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. Long live the cause of freedom. <laughs>